G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In a world where so many people are so busy, they feel almost like battery hens, trudging off to the same job day after day, pressures, deadlines, performance targets, and what they're looking for more than anything else often is simply a genuine sense of community. Question is, where do you find that these days? Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as we take a look at our need for community from a different perspective. Just recently a good friend and colleague of mine together with his family moved from America to Australia. They're a missionary family and this man whom I trust and respect has come to Australia to be part of our ministry Christianity Works, the ministry that produces these radio programs. Now once they found a home and managed to get some furniture together and once they'd figured out where the local shopping centre was and where to buy groceries, one of the things that was right up there on their list of priorities was finding a local church to be part of. And so they started with the closest one, a well-known denomination respected just a few minutes walk from their home. They went there the very first Sunday they were in town. And whilst the service was lovely and the sermon was good and, you know, the the whole thing hung together, there was one thing. No one said hello to them. No one kind of sidled up to them before or after the service to say, Hi, my name's so-and-so. What's your name? Where are you from? Wow, an American accent. What brings you here? Oh, you've just arrived in the country. How can we help? Nothing. Not even a friendly conversation. So let me ask you a question. Do you think they went back to that church the following Sunday? Mm, Not so much. The following Sunday, they decided to try another church. Now, they have a couple of teenage kids, so they were looking for somewhere with, with a thriving youth group. So they went to one just a bit further away that they'd been told had quite a few young people. They arrive, in a sense, it was similar to the one the Sunday before. Well-known, another respected denomination. The service was great, the worship, the message was good. But after the service, a young man wandered up and started chatting to them. Turned out he was one of the youth pastors. He started chatting with a teenage son, found out he loves the beach, invited him to come surfing this week since it was school holidays. Guess which church they decided to become part of? I think sometimes we're guilty of over-spiritualising this whole Christianity church thing. I think sometimes we get so carried away with the theology or the spiritual side that we forget that God became a man in the form of Jesus and walked in our midst and healed our diseases and fed the poor and hung out with the needy and the marginalised. And not only did he do all of those really practical things, he also taught his disciples to do them too. Just before he was crucified, this is what he said to his disciples, John chapter 13, verse 34. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I've loved you, you also should love one another, because by this, everyone else will know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. How will other people know that I belong to Jesus? By the love that I show to other people. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. 
And the word Jesus uses here to mean love means a deep, unconditional love, the sort of love that Jesus showed for us when he died for us on that cross, that sort of love. In other words, if you want to know the depth of the relationship that the people in the church have with God, if you want to know whether they're for real or they're just going through the religious motions, then you don't have to look at how enthusiastically they sing during the praise and worship. You don't look at what the church building looks like. You don't look at how wealthy they are or how well-dressed they are. No, you take a look at how they treat one another and how they treat the new people who walk into their midst. Jesus said, you will know a tree by its fruit. So look at the fruit. I attended one church for nine months one time before anyone invited me anywhere. And then the invitation was to, to a newcomer's luncheon that was programmed rather than as some spontaneous act of love. One of the things that truly sets churches apart is the degree to which they actually are a genuine community. The degree to which love flows between the people. And before you get me wrong, I don't mean Hollywood movie style love. I don't mean feelings. I don't mean love the noun, the thing. I mean love the verb. A verb is a doing word. I mean the sort of love that puts itself out to invite a young teenager surfing. I'm in the sort of love that invites someone out for a coffee the first or the second week they walk into our midst. I mean the sort of love that sees a need and meets the need. I mean the sort of doing love that speaks the love of Christ right into the lives of people more clearly, more profoundly than any words ever could. The sort of love that's interested. The sort of love that asks questions. The sort of love that opens up the family of God and puts another seat at the dinner table because in God's family, there's always room for one more. Depending on what part of the world you live in, how how good churches and people in churches are at this kind of love, it's going to vary. Some are incredibly good at it. The less affluent a church is, the better it tends to be at being a community because the more the people in that church need one another and rely on one another. On the other hand, the more affluent a church becomes, the less we depend on one another physically and the more isolated we tend to become. It's sad, but you know something? It's true. And yet the cultural love only needs one or two people to create a spark. I mentioned this man once before, but one of my best friends on this planet is a guy by the name of James. When my wife and I first arrived at his church quite a few years ago now, he was the only one to shake my hand, to smile, to talk with me, and to have a cup of coffee afterwards. And you know, the following week we went back to that church. You know what you do naturally? You look for that guy again, because at least you have one connection point. And he did the same next week. In fact, James is one of those people who's committed to creating community, most committed that I've ever met. He works hard at it. He organises weekends away. He has people over for meals. He'll ring me midweek and say, have you got time for a coffee? I've been watching this guy for a good many years now, and I've learned a lot from him. And whether it's a big church or a small church or a contemporary church or a traditional church, whatever it is, either it's a family and a community or it isn't. That doesn't mean that we all have to get on with everyone, no, but there's a sense of, ah, there's something, there's a family, there's a commitment, there's, there's a sense of investment in relationships and being a family and, and getting together and meeting together and sharing things and helping one another and, and talking together about what God's done in our lives and what our challenges are and when someone's hurting, going and hurting with them. 
There's a sense of intimacy and accountability and openness that takes so many different forms. There are so many different shapes and sizes and approaches and cultures around this community thing. But a church, a church isn't a building. It's not an institution. It's not an association or a club or a set of rules. It's much more than that. It's, it's a living organism, the body of Jesus, the body of Christ. Each of us with our part to play, you, yours, me, mine. And you know, each of us too with our needs, needs that only other people can meet. And if church is an organism, well, it's either sick or it's healthy. It's either dead or it's living. That's the long and the short of it. My friend, one of the things that I really, really look for when I walk into a church is that sense of community, that sense that the people in this place know that they are indeed the body of Jesus Christ in this world. sharing the gospel with as many people as possible so they can experience a real and tangible relationship with God. So before I go, I'd like to tell you about our free daily devotional to help you be all that God made you to be. It's called Fresh. Each day you'll receive a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement. And the best news is that it's completely free and delivered right to your inbox each and every day where you can choose to read, listen or even watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. It's God's word fresh for you each day. To receive your free devotional, just jump onto the website freshdevotional.org. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign up right there for you. As a bonus, I'll also send you a free copy of my e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? So head across to the website and sign up to receive Fresh. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. That web address again, in case you missed it, is freshdevotional.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.